This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Coming up on Millennial, please tell me you have that framed somewhere. Oh, I definitely do. And it's so embarrassing because my first byline is actually in the Fifty Shades of Grey issue. <gasps> yes! <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and I was definitely that roommate at one point, too. So, <laughs> the, yeah. Oh, the messy one. Yes. Yes. Really? And look at you now. Turned over a new leaf and everything. If your roommate at the time only knew, it'd be pretty amazing if if your roommate had a competing TikTok, if you guys were competitors yeah. and she was like, I started. It exposed me. Yeah, I started mine because my roommate in college was a mess. Oh my gosh, Lena's here. She's on TikTok too. Like Pam's OnlyFans, you don't see the background you currently see here on Millennium. Right. She's got a different... No, it's a completely different one. I changed it out. Y'all will, ne- will never find me. <laughs> In my background, it has a different band poster. Right. You're a Willie Nelson fan on OnlyFans. Nelson. <laughs> There's a Twilight book instead. Welcome to Millennial, the home of fake adulting, but real talk. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Coming up in a bit, we're going to be joined by Lena of Lena Cleans Up on TikTok. She has been hugely successful in helping people lead cleaner and more organized lives. And we thought we'd have her on to help us improve uh, our own lives in 2022. We have a month of guests, actually, so we're really excited about that. And there's lots more to get to today. But first, a couple quick notes. Just wanted to plug last week's episode because there was actually some news that broke after that inflation reached 7.5% in the U.S. in January, and we spoke all about inflation last week. So don't miss that episode with Kara of Bravely Go. Also, another update. A few weeks ago, we spoke about AirTag security issues. These are the Apple devices that can track objects or people. And in light of the latter concern, Apple announced a slew of updates that are coming soon to the AirTags. Um, they seem like pretty good updates. They don't go as far as some people think they they should. But if you want to see these updates that Apple's making to the AirTags, you can uh, read more about them in the link in today's show notes. And coming up in... The next week or so, we're thinking we are planning on doing a breaking news installment over at patreon.com slash millennial to cover what is currently going on with Russia and Ukraine. You've all probably seen these headlines over the last several weeks, and we've just been thinking about where do we slot this in on the show? How long do we wait? What kinds of updates do we wait for? And it simply feels like it's time. So we will be recording that installment in the next week and getting it up for our Bay patrons over on the Patreon. Definitely look out for it. There's been a lot of moving parts on this story. Um, So even between now and the time we record it, things may change, updates may come out. And I'm really looking forward to the conversation. In lighter news, though, did you two watch the Super Bowl? Bro. I did. Oh, yeah, Laura, you did. Yeah, because you had a pretty bad experience with the halftime show, right? Yeah, so we were uh, watching on Peacock, and I can't describe 
the the phenomena that we witnessed, it was almost like the top quarter of the screen or the top quarter of the shot was all that came through. <laughs> I sent you guys video of this. It was like zoomed in super far so you could see mostly the blurry audience behind yeah. the performers. Not even sweaty foreheads. Yeah. Like just lots of like random shots of backup dancers, like the tops of their heads cut off. It was very weird. It did uh, repair itself by the time Eminem came on. But I was super mad because this halftime show was amazing. Like it is definitely a show stopping event. It's why I tuned into the Super Bowl, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you have these icons of hip hop. And it, to me, I mean, I could be wrong about this, Pam. Maybe you can correct me. Is this the first time the halftime show has have has ever exclusively centered on hip hop? I believe so. Yes. And that is why it's such a big deal, especially yeah. because hip hop and rap as a genre is heavily steeped in black history and it has black roots. And a lot of football players obviously are black as well. And, you know, a lot of football players are also like they're young. They enjoy this type of music. A lot of people that tune into the halftime show are super young. I know that we probably also remember when, you know, Pepsi used to do the halftime show and it was way hipper than it was uh, pre-Janet Jackson, mm -hmm. Justin Timberlake fiasco, you know, used to get people like NSYNC and Britney Spears on there. And that was such a big deal to have these current acts and stuff. And obviously, you know, um, you touched on the historic lineup this year because a lot of it is hip hop and rap royalty. But all of these artists have standing longevity as well. So they're just as relevant today as they were when they were first coming up, which is really cool. And then to see them bring in some newer young guns like Kendrick Lamar, Anderson Pack, and stuff yeah. like that was really cool. Mm -hmm. It was so good. It felt like because a lot of the not everything, but a lot of the hits they revisited were things from the late 90s, early 2000s. And I was like, Oh, my God, the nostalgia is just hitting me right yeah. in the feels. Um, I have watched the halftime performance several times at this point. I keep revisiting wow. it because it was so good. If you didn't get a chance to see it, head on over to YouTube and check it out. Unfortunately, YouTube has put a bunch of ads in it, so you're not going to get yeah. like a clean performance. What? It's so Literally, annoying. Not even a minute in, there was an ad that popped up for me when I went to rewatch it. Yep. And I was so mad. <laughs> Was it like, like I would have rather just watched. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I would have rather just watched three ads before and then have them cut it, like cut in an ad at an opportune time. I don't know why they did it that way. Yeah. 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 And to Pam's point about they used to pick like uh, current pop superstars. And to Laura's point about it felt so nostalgic, I think for us millennials, this is probably the first time where we were feeling nostalgic watching a Super Bowl show because they've had, you know, Springsteen, Rolling Stones, U2, but we were still young. That didn't feel nostalgic for us. Right. But Laura, that's that's so sad that the halftime performance was zoomed in a quarter of the way. You only got to see 12 and a half cents of 50 cents. <laughs> 
That's I've been holding that joke for a couple minutes. You've been waiting for that. He on Sunday he was like, "Oh man, let's write it down." I gotta no, say I it. Did. No, I did. I just came up with that. I have my calculator window up. Fifty divided by four, twelve and a half. Oh, okay, very good. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing performance, and I hear that football also happened at the Super Bowl. Um, it was a good so, game, you know, bro. It, it really was a good game. It right, actually was, it was a, a good tight game. game. Yeah, a tight game, and that makes a good game. Mm-hmm. And but listen, I know nothing about football, so oh. <laughs> but I did. I did feel for the Bengals because they were in the lead for such a long time, and to have it snatched away in the fourth quarter like that, I was like, I know nothing about this game, but that seems like it really sucks. Well, as somebody who spent nine years in LA, I did not feel bad. I was hoping that the LA Rams would pull it out and they did. So I was excited. Now they are a city of champions, LA, between the Super Bowl win and they won the World Series when the season was cut a little short with COVID and so much winning. You know, obviously the Lakers are um a legacy team. So well speaking of LA and Hollywood, there was some news, actually kind of more dis- nostalgic news we wanted to talk about. The owner of Entertainment Weekly and InStyle Magazine and a couple others announced that these publications will no longer produce physical magazines, ones that are delivered to your door. You won't see them on grocery uh, at the checkout aisle and grocery stores either. It's a real end of an era. The, The reason I wanted to talk about this, and obviously magazines have become less popular as the internet has continued to rise. But Entertainment Weekly, I think that was a really big one for us growing up. And having had a lot of experience in uh, entertainment media over the past decade, I follow a lot of journalists on Twitter, entertainment journalists on Twitter. And people were really shaken by this news because for entertainment journalists, They grew up on Entertainment Weekly. They fell in love with entertainment journalism thanks to Entertainment Weekly. And I know Pam, who actually worked at Entertainment Weekly, this uh, this shook you too, right? Basically what you said, that was me. I was that kid in middle school, high school with an Entertainment Weekly subscription, just gobbling up all of those features and pages. And probably my love of that magazine and then also a little bit my love of Almost Famous, is the reason why I wanted to write about entertainment, even if I didn't really know like what that would entail or what that job might be. Um, and then just getting the opportunity to work with them. That was my first full-time paid job out of college. Um, technically, we the like the job title was intern, but they were paying us minimum wage, I think a little over minimum wage, and we were working full time. So it was like a real job without the title. Um, so yeah, this hit really hard just as somebody who has been pretty much a lifelong fan and then having worked there myself, learned so much from so many amazing writers. My first print byline in a magazine is in Entertainment Weekly. So I just have a lot of love for that publication, even though, you know, I didn't stay as long as I would have liked to. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell me you have that framed somewhere. Oh, I definitely do. And it's so embarrassing because my first byline is actually in the Fifty Shades of Grey issue. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) I love that. What was your article in that issue? My article was a full spread on The Voice. Oh, okay. Very Mm -hmm. cool. Speaking of events that Pam covers, sorry, Pam, I have to bring this up. 
Uh, there was one time. I know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> there was one <laughs> this time. This is also for Entertainment Weekly. Pam got an invite to a Britney Spears meet and greet, and she was going to invite me, but I was going to see the Hunger Games movie that night. So she didn't even bother asking me if I wanted to go to the Britney Spears event. She ended up not. You didn't go to the Britney Spears event either. Oh no, you did. No, I did. But I you did said go. No I... to the photo op. It's Britney Spears. Because I hadn't washed my hair that day. I was feeling very vain. I felt like you know a scraggly ragamuffin, and I was just thinking to myself, I cannot meet the Britney Spears. <laughs> My hair looking so gross. I'm still not um, over that. In a moment of like pure vanity. <laughs> um, the funny thing about that is that like, you know, I had um I think I messaged Andrew just to see what he was doing that day because I thought, oh, it'd be fun to bring a friend and everybody else works normal hours and Andrew, like me, has like never worked normal hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what are you doing today? I would drop anything. I'm gonna go with my friends to like this this Hunger Games like thing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. And then and then I went by myself to to the Britney Spears (laughs) listening party. With I um, I hosted by Andy Cohen. Oh, fun! <laughs> wow. Featuring uh, Will I Am. I can't believe I could have had a photo awkward with eye contact Spears. with at this event oh. because I saw like I just saw his his haircut first, and I was like, "Damn, this guy's trying like really hard to be Will I Am." And then I realized <laughs> that it was actually Will I Am. <laughs> That's hilarious. Besides EW, did you two have any favorite magazines over the years? For a couple of years, when I was like. 12 to 14, I had a subscription to Cosmo Girl, which was the teenage version of Cosmopolitan magazine. And I don't even remember how I got signed up for it. It just started showing up one day and I was like, okay. And I liked all the perfume samples that came in it. Um, it always They always smelled really good because of that. Um, and I liked just leafing through and reading the different articles about jobs that people had, or there were like advice columns that you could read about people writing in about, you know, issues they were having. Um, and it was just like kind of a, a nice little piece of escapism for someone at that age. Um, I did look up Cosmo Girl to see what its fate was, and I can sadly confirm that uh, it was canceled in 2008, so it's not been around for quite some time. <laughs> uh, it ran from 1999 until 2008. Uh-huh. I, when I was a kid kid, I had Highlights magazine. Y'all remember highlights? I didn't even know you could get that outside of the um, waiting room at the doctor's office, honestly. (laughs) Goofus and Gally, baby. Taught me a lot. Yeah. And, um, but the one magazine I genuinely loved was Nintendo Power, the official Nintendo magazine. And it always had first looks at upcoming Nintendo games. It had player's guides. I remember when The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time came out, um, they had a very special issue of Nintendo Power that was like gold. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. That was the one magazine I was really looking forward to every month. Katie also brought up um, Tiger Beat, which I actually applied for, but did not get a job at. <laughs> I thought it was really funny that it was like 2015 and I was applying to Tiger Beat, uh, but also Teen People, which I had a subscription to and I really enjoyed Okay, as well. But that was very short lived. Yeah. Do you do you two read digital versions of magazines? Because 
they do exist. Like one of our sponsors, Scribd, has digital versions of magazines. I just feel like anything we would read in a magazine, we just read on a website these days. Yeah, I would do it for the spreads, but I don't. I feel like I would do it more if I had an iPad. Yeah. And I don't. Fair. Like on my phone, it's it's so small. And then I guess I could do it like on Kindle through Amazon, but that's black and white because I have a Kindle paper white. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's just it seems pointless kind of. Yeah. The only time I ever do that is if there's a particular story running in a digital magazine that I want to read. But as a matter of habit, I don't just pull those up to have a look at them. Yeah. You know how uh, vinyls are, you know, vinyl sales are up and cassette tapes are now kind of coming back. I've seen also some youngins on TikTok uh, getting really into VHS tape collecting. <laughs> so I just want to know if y'all think that that the youth is going to decide that magazines are cool again at some point and, and save them and we'll maybe see a resurgence of of stuff like that. I, you know, like, honestly, even if you don't read magazines, if you're into like collaging or decorating anything and you're young, magazines are where it's at, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could also see them becoming collector's items, like special editions of magazines that commemorated particular events. Mm -hmm. Maybe there was a limited print run. I'm not sure how those things work, but I could see people at the very least, collecting these items. I mean, we have to remember, vinyl sales are up now. But even when we were young, when we were teenagers, I used to go out and buy vinyl. And I remember being like, oh, this is so retro and cool. So I think that that phenomenon is going to continue existing for whatever the new generation is. Uh, you know, maybe it's magazines, maybe it's CDs. I had that weird thought. I was like, what if people start collecting CDs? The thing about vinyl is those are great to display. Like you were saying, Pam, mm -hmm. about magazines, because they're larger. So I get why vinyls are still going strong. But cassette tapes, why? They're small. They're low quality. You need a working cassette tape player, which probably isn't too easy to find. CDs, yeah, a little bigger than cassette tape, so you can display those. As far as magazines... <sighs> vinyls you can still buy used or new magazines i think those are going to be a lot harder to find as time goes on so i really can't see magazines coming back in the same way that vinyls have and i know what you're saying about cassette tapes like i've been in um urban outfitters and they're yeah. selling brand new cassette tapes <laughs> why i don't get it pam you mentioned vhs tapes what are they doing with them I guess those could be fun to display. I guess watching them, you could buy a cheap little TV in a VCR situation <laughs> and play those. Oh, it's a novelty. It, it, yeah. That, Laura's right. Yeah. It is a novelty. I did. There's a uh, used media store, I guess you could call it, here in Vegas. And they have a whole VHS tape section. And I actually was browsing them the other day because I wanted to grab the original Harry Potter. They only had Chamber of Secrets. Um, but I wish they had the first one because I loved at the end of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone on VHS. You can get to the bloopers or the deleted scenes by fast forwarding past the credits. Whereas on the DVD, you had to like type in a code into the wall like Hagrid does oh, with his right. umbrella. <laughs> so the VHS was like the easy way to access to the deleted scenes. And of course, by the way, those Disney VHS, 
Any listeners out there, if you've held on to your Disney VHS tapes, look those up on eBay. Some of them are super valuable. I have boxes and boxes and boxes of Disney VHS tapes. Look them up. I think we have like every Disney VHS tape. Look them up. Some of them I think are Man, really, really valuable. I'm about to make valuable. a quick bug. Mm. <laughs> Pam, Pam doesn't appear next week on the show. Pam, where'd you go? I'm quitting. I became a millionaire. I, I sold all my VHS tapes on eBay. <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, before we hop into our interview with Lena Cleans Up, we just wanted to give a quick plug for this week's episode of After Dark. If you enjoyed Andrew and Pam's Brittany reminiscing story, um, there's more of that where, where it came from. We'll be sharing a few more of those anecdotes in After Dark today. Additionally, we're going to be talking about our experiences being passed over for promotions in the workplace, how much that can suck, and how to tell if there's actually something, um, you know, that you can be working on, like if there's actionable feedback that you can work towards, or if maybe it was a case of employment nepotism. Um, So look forward to that in uh, this week's installment of After Dark. Yeah, with After Dark, we get more open and honest, and that's why some of our stories go there. Patreon also helps us run this show. We couldn't do it without support from our listeners. Pam and I are now joined by Lena of Lena Cleans Up. Lena is a cleaning and lifestyle influencer who has had tremendous success on social media, most of all TikTok, where she has half a million followers. You can find her there and on Instagram with the username Lena Cleans Up. She's joining us today to discuss how to lead a cleaner and more organized life. So welcome, Lena. Hi, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. So first, just to get things started, tell us more about what you do online. Yeah, so basically, I just create uh, video content usually um, centered around cleaning, tidying, organizing, also just kind of, you know, how they tie into your life, your mental health. Yeah, I talk about a lot of that, but it's it's usually centered around cleaning. I feel like every time I'm on, I don't know if I just watch a lot of the same videos or what, but every time I'm on TikTok, I feel like inevitably, if I scroll enough, I'll, I'll land up in cleaning TikTok. And I know that's such a popular um, subsection of the app. <laughs> yeah. um, why do you think that people tend to gravitate towards that content? And um, I also wanted to know if you were a fan of watching those videos before you started doing what you do online. Yeah. Um, I definitely, and I get a lot of comments too, from people, you know, saying, oh, this is so motivating or, you know, I should be doing this. So it kind of feels good to watch somebody else do it. Like kind of living vicariously through people, I think. Um, so I think that's kind of a big thing. And for me too, um, I actually came over from YouTube, like watching people, you know, do their cleaning uh, marathons on YouTube and that kind of thing. And then I just, I really like the short form, you know, version that TikTok presents. So yeah, I'm definitely a viewer and definitely experience those same things, you know, living vicariously when I know I should be doing something, <laughs> but <laughs> watching somebody else do it is, is also nice. And I, you also mentioned something that I like you mentioned earlier was the intersection of, of cleaning and leading a tidier lifestyle in terms of how that can help in terms of mental health benefits. Um, do you feel like, mm. you know, perhaps the pandemic sort of spurred people on to, to be more inclined to find content like what you create in an effort to keep their mental health yeah. a little higher? Totally. Yeah. Um, I know for me, uh, 
I was in college when the pandemic hit and I got kicked off the campus and had to find an apartment and kind of get my life together pretty quickly. Yeah, I think a lot of people were in a similar spot where you really just had to spend a lot of time in your home and spend a lot of time in uh, like your bedroom or or living room, uh, wherever, and finding ways to make it more enjoyable and uh, more comfortable to live in, I think, was a really big deal to a lot of people and to me, um, definitely. So yeah, that definitely um, inspired me to kind of start my own journey with it because I haven't always been a super clean uh, and tidy person. So just being forced to spend time (laughs) in one room definitely uh, spurred that for me. Yeah, I, I also totally wonder if, if cleaning, like cleaning TikTok has really taken off and, you know, we get mental health and organization benefits from it because it's a pretty achievable goal. Like in one of your mm-hmm. TikToks, you talk, you talk about setting small goals, like set one room per day instead of overwhelming yourself on a weekend. Me having always been, I hope you don't mind me using this phrase, a clean freak. <laughs> Like I like, you know, I need everything in a certain place. I need the counters clean, all that. It's it's an achievable goal that I can accomplish. And when there's so many more challenging tasks during the day, it's something that you can do and get it right the first time. And it just feels good. You truly feel like you got something done. Totally. Yeah. I know for me too, um, I like to do stick to a boundary of like setting a five minute timer, setting a 10 minute timer and really sticking to that, you know, because like you say, you have so many tasks in a day, um, but if you can do a short little window of time to just get something done, you know, like it doesn't yeah. have to be everything. It doesn't have to be an entire project, you know, whether it's just a drawer in the bathroom or really anything mm-hmm. in that short window of time. One more question about your um, your TikTok following. Did you kind of start seeing people gravitating towards your content right away or did it take some time to kind of see that? that growth? I think I was just kind of bad at making videos when I first started. So uh, (laughs) it took a little bit um, to get, you know, the hang of, you know, getting the right angles and actually making it appealing to look at (laughs) when um, I first started. But uh, I think my first video that went viral was things you may be forgetting to clean. So I think people really resonated with that because they took something away from it and actually kind of learned something from it. And I I remember I cleaned my shower, like the the shower bar rod thing, and it was super rusty. And I even surprised myself like, oh my God, I just got this on video. Um, (laughs) And so I think that, I think that kind of resonated with people. And then I just kind of tried to make helpful content from there. Yeah. With many of our resolutions, we often do well with them at the start at the start of the year, and then they fall by the wayside as time goes on. So in terms of keeping your spaces tidy, what are the biggest reasons people's commitments to being more organized or clean fall by the wayside as the year goes on? I think it's it's really similar to any goal, you know, like, uh, I think a lot of people set like fitness goals at the beginning of the year. I think it's similar to that in that you almost set yourself up by not, you know, prioritizing making it sustainable and making it something that is actually realistic for you in your life. So and I know I've I've set myself up like that in the past, um, where I'm like, okay, every, every single day, I'm going to make sure to do an hour and a half of cleaning. And, you know, I'm going to get every single thing on my to-do list done. And it's like, I, you set yourself up by making something that you really can't stick to, you know, whether it's your routine or your um, schedule, whatever it is. 
So yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing is just not really being realistic and, and making something that will actually be sustainable for you. Mm-hmm. Do you hear from your followers that they they have a specific room in the house that they have the most time keeping tidy? I feel like for me, it's always my desk. Like by the end of the week, mm-hmm. my desk is a mess, you know, and I, I feel like it's worse <laughs> than any other part of the house. Yeah, I've definitely heard that, um, you know, keeping up with like paper mail and, and that kind of thing, documents. Um, that's a huge thing. And then also, I think bathrooms. Um, <laughs> I know a lot. I have a lot of uh, female followers. And <laughs> I don't know if, if you guys have seen those videos of the sink full of, you know, your hair products and your your makeup and your, you know, this and that. Um, I think it's it's easy. And I know in college, that was, you know, how a lot of my roommates kind of went <laughs> about um, styling the bathroom counter. Uh, so I think that's a a big one. Um, and then obviously, you know, I, I even have some, uh, mothers that follow me. I'm not a mother myself, but, um, you know, single moms or stay at home moms that follow me and, you know, their kids playrooms are really difficult to keep up with. Um, I think, yeah, anything that you have, you know, a lot of possessions that you keep in that space, is going to be really difficult to keep up with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it kind of goes back to finding what works for you and your, your, you know, whether it's your schedule or your lifestyle, how, what is, what would it look like to tuck things away at least, you know, that's, that's something that I like to say too. Like it doesn't have to look perfect, but you know, if you have a clear space, like say your desk, um, that's definitely going to contribute to um, a better mood and better mental health really. Out of sight, out of mind. If it's clear, yeah, and and in, in the moment, you can address it later. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that, like Pam, you say your messiest space is the desk, because I feel like one of my cleanest spaces is the de- is the desk because I'm spending the most time at it. Whereas mm. in the bat, the bathroom is the place I have the hardest time keeping clean because I spend the least amount of time in it. So I'm only thinking mm. about cleaning it when I'm in there, and I'm like. I'm definitely going to take care of this later. And then I leave yeah. the room and I completely forget about it. <laughs> I think it's also because I I, I get a little restless. So I, I don't work at my desk for a full eight hours. I tend to just like move around the house. So the desk ends up being a yeah. catch all. Like if I'm reading a book or multiple books for work or something like that, they all end up on the desk because it's like, I don't want to file them away or, you know, say I get like mm-hmm. some mail, like you were talking about paper products, it'll all just like go on the desk. And then at some point they'll have to be like shoved to the side if I need the desk or they'll have to be addressed by the time the end of the week comes, comes through. <laughs> so For areas mm-hmm. like that, like I, I remember in college, I had the chair where you just you oh, put yeah. your <laughs> your laundry, whether it's clean or dirty, your backpack, your you know, um, everything went in the chair. And I remember I, I I think it was on TikTok. I found somebody talking about you know just grab a basket and throw everything in the basket, just so chairs clear or desk is clear, um, and then you can come back to the basket and when you have time, and organize and go through the things that you know, matter or can get pitched or whatever. Um, and that's something that I think is is practical. And um, I've definitely done, you know, when things have gotten out of hand. That actually um, leads me to another question I had for you, which is that do you feel like anybody that is setting a goal to be more organized or to keep their spaces tidy? Do you feel like there's a need to spend um, some money on certain products that might help before you get that going? Or could you just do that with what you have around the house? Yeah, I Definitely. And and when I was first starting out, um, it was definitely use 
what you have and what you can. Um, like I remember I was using little cardboard boxes in my drawers, you know, to hmm. section things off, you know, and those are things you, you have laying around or you, you, you know, you get, I, I order a lot of stuff from Amazon. So I have those mm-hmm. laying around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, TikTok kind of romanticizes the idea of having, you know, a lot of those cute storage bins. And I know I, I kind of <laughs> fall a little victim to that too. Um, <laughs> but you you definitely don't don't need that at all. And and if anything else, I think it it can contribute to even more clutter, you know, accumulating those kinds of things if you're not, you know, actually going to use them or um, you know, use them in the way that they're intended to be used. So yeah, definitely. I'm a big proponent of using what you have, upcycling things. Uh, like I have a lot of mason jars and, and things like that that I use for multi-purpose and definitely doesn't have to take a lot of money to to tidy up. That's probably good to hear for, because I'm sure we have some people that are in college or living on a tighter budget to know that they can just yeah. do what, what they can with what they have. So that's great. Like really any glass that you buy, as long as you oh, have yeah. enough room to put stuff in the top of it. Like, um, actually, wait, I think just on your TikTok, actually, was the p- point about the candles, reusing candles, yeah, uh, you know, throwing yes, it in yes. the freezer, then chiseling out the candle wax, and then you can use that to organize. That's a great one, because, you know, yeah. if you're into candles, you're into candles. So you're buying a lot of those. <laughs> And the containers are really cute. So it's like, (laughs) it's like, I want to use this and um, find a place for it. So yeah. It's funny because our fellow co-host, Laura, who's not here currently, she has a prior engagement. She was just talking recently about how she loves candles and she was recommending the three-wick candle sale over at Bath and Body Works. So I guess if anybody followed her recommendation, they should hold on to those (laughs) and see how they can repurpose them for organizational purposes. So let's, let's say somebody does have like a little bit of spare money to, to spend and they're looking to to utilize that in an effort to keep their lives more organized. Do you have like a holy grail product mm. that you would recommend somebody spend some money on? Well, I would say if you are going to go the, you know, the cute bins or, you know, those pantry bins that you see or the fridge ones, um, I <laughs> have found that it really helps when you label those kinds of things. So I got this cute little label maker off of Amazon that um, you can print it off right away instead of, you know, having to type it up on a program or anything like that. Um, and then it's just ready to go and you can change them out. Um, you know, since you can take it off with the adhesive. Um, but that's something I've been using recently, um, for organization. But other than that, I don't know. I, I was thinking about, you know, what is something that is you know something I use frequently and, and really depend on. And it's like, I don't know. I think you just, you just have to have, um, you know, good systems and good uh, routines in place. And that, that really makes the biggest difference, you know, and you can use what you have or find different things to switch out. So that's kind of what I've, I found in my experience anyway. How about like a cleaning product? Do you have any, anything like that? I love vinegar. Honestly, I've been, (laughs) I've been really uh, simplifying, um, just because I, I had some bad allergies earlier uh, in the year, last year, I guess. And so I was like, hmm, how can I kind of reduce my artificial scents, I guess? So I've, I've really been relying on uh, vinegar and Dawn dish soap and, and really just trying to simplify. And, and it's also really cost effective, too. Yeah, because if I guess another thing that could be overwhelming for people is if, oh, now I need to keep a whole drawer of a variety mm-hmm. of cleaning products, whereas we whereas you can just get away with Dawn and uh, totally. and vinegar. 
Did I see on your TikTok? Do you use Scrub Daddy? <laughs> I do. Oh my goodness! Yes, okay. <laughs> I do. Yes. How can I forget? Those are yeah, probably my favorite. Well, that's good to know because <laughs> I always see them at Target, and I, I just I'm always curious about whether it it's a good product to to bring home. So the main reason I bring it up is because I love watching Shark Tank, and you get there's cleaning products pitched on there. You know, like mm-hmm. every other episode. So I'm like, some of them are like they seem mind blowing in the moment, but then you try some of the stuff, and it's like okay, yeah, maybe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, on that note, are there items that you've noticed people feel compelled to buy in an effort to get more organized that don't actually end up help- helping? Well, like I said earlier, with the the storage bins, if you're not going to use them, they're just going <laughs> to end up being more clutter. And, you know, you're going to stick them in a closet and be like, oh, maybe I'll get back to them. But if you don't, then you don't. So yeah, really anything like that, that is promising you, you know, like, oh, this will change your life. I think I I get really wary of of things like that that are supposedly life-changing. Yeah, because then it's like, well, if this is so life-changing, why hasn't it existed till now? You know, that's always Mm -hmm. a red flag. I hear what you're saying. I'm sure that some people listening live with roommates, whether that be significant others, spouses, um, family, or, you know, again, just even traditional roommates. So, um, do you have any advice for anybody who maybe struggles with being a little bit neater and then having somebody that lives with them that is maybe not that? Is there a way to to kind of maybe persuade them to to kind of hop on this bandwagon? Right. Yeah, I think and and I had this experience in college myself um, <laughs> with, you know, I think everybody has the the roommate horror story at some point. <laughs> Really, it it does just kind of come down to like what your relationship with this person looks like. And if they're willing to, you know, hear you out on something like that, if you can kind of bring it up in a lighthearted manner, or, you know, if you have less of a relationship, if you kind of have to dance around the topic a little bit, it it depends on that. And kind of at the end of the day, and I, I found this in my own experience, you can really only control what you can control. And it sucks that it kind of comes down to that. But that's definitely what I found in my experience is, you know, okay, I have this, you know, part of the room. I can, I have my bed, you know, in, in, a, yeah. in the case of a dorm, you know, like. Yeah, that was me in college. It was my half yes. of the dorm clean, pretty much. <laughs> His half of the dorm, you mentioned the chair, mm-hmm. everything on it. That was mm-hmm. him. Like, it's just total mess yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I was definitely that roommate at one point, too. So. <laughs> The, yeah. Oh, the messy one. Yes. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Wow. And look at. For a little while there. And look at you now. Turned over a new leaf and everything. <laughs> your roommate at the time only knew. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> It'd be pretty amazing if if your roommate had a competing TikTok, if you guys were competitors. Yeah. And she was like, I started. It exposed me. Yeah. I started mine because my roommate in college was a mess. Oh, my gosh. Lena's here. She's on TikTok, too. So, you know how, like, when you're younger, sometimes parents utilize, you know, chore chart, or they have things that you need to do to make allowance or to get your allowance or whatever. Um, Do you feel like that can be helpful to utilize when you're an adult in a cohabitating space? Or could that potentially breed some more animosity and tension between, you know, roommates or significant others? Yeah. And again, it kind of goes back to the, you know, kind of people you're living with and your relationship with them. Um, I think I would probably be a little un- uncomfortable trying to bring up <laughs> the topic like 
to somebody that I yeah. wasn't super comfortable with, you know, but otherwise, yeah, if, if you have that kind of relationship with the person, um, just saying this is something that really helps me out, you know, like I keep my own um, to do list or chore list or uh, things I like to get done in a given week. So I was wondering if maybe you wanted to you know, get in on it kind of comes down to the relationship with the person and and it also if they're just complete opposite kind of person who does not thrive off of that or have any interest in that then it's yeah I don't know how you'd how you'd bring that up with probably best to figure that out before you move in right or like sign the lease yeah Yeah, snoop (laughs) around their existing room if you have the the luxury of doing that but I guess one way you can maybe make it go at it especially if you're in a relationship with this person is if you just say it's important to me Mm -hmm. that things are clean that way, they're really understanding that, like, there's a part of you that's just this burning desire to keep everything clean and yeah, organized. Totally. Like, I have definitely signal- signaled that before in my relationships. Like, it's, I really, I need things a certain, I'm not, I don't think I'm crazy, crazy. No, you can, yeah. You can ask my boyfriend. But <laughs> maybe he'll answer more honestly. But um, there's just this drive in us that we need things a certain way. We, we operate better we're happier when everything's in the right place and i'd argue yeah i'd argue that everybody's really like that you know um whether you realize it or not you you know are more productive when you have um a more like a healthier surrounding or healthier um environment so and and cleanliness contributes to that obviously so yeah and yeah i I definitely get where you're coming from with that um I've communicated in my own relationship because we kind of came into it as opposites, um, that this is something that's super important to me. This is something that I do, you know, on the internet, you know, I gotta, yeah, <laughs> I gotta, yeah you gotta, you, know, you gotta walk the walk. Another part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, listeners, we can confirm that Lena's background is very clean and organized, bed made, <laughs> carpet, clean, like it's the cleanest background I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So the Super Bowl just happened this past weekend. Is there a difference in the way you should tackle normal tidying up versus tidying up for an event? Do you have any tips there for people like for future big gatherings? Because obviously that's a whole other beast. Yeah. Well, I would say I know when I've hosted in the past or when I've had my mother over because that's, you know, an event in itself um, (laughs) (laughs) that you really don't want to fret over every little thing because at the end of the day, people aren't, you know, checking under your couch and, you know, doing all that um, to make sure your place is, is completely clean. Um, so I would say just, you know, really focus on the the basic stuff, you know, making sure that your bathroom that everybody has access to is, is clean and appears hygienic, you know, so people feel comfortable <laughs> using it, at least appears, yeah, at the very least. Um, <laughs> and then uh, a big thing for me, and, and I guess, too, because I have a dog, um, are floors. So I like to make sure that my floors are clean, um, mopped as, as best as possible and vacuumed. I would say keep it fairly basic and vanity matters more in, in that <laughs> in that situation. Just I because love that. You don't want to drive yourself crazy, especially right before having company. Yeah, I know I've, I've put myself into just a completely overwhelmed and frenzied state uh, trying to perfect everything before guests come over 
Let me ask you about floors because I use a, I've used a Swiffer and like a reusable kind of like Swiffer adjacent, but you throw the mop part, the flat mop part in the wash. Mm, yeah. What do you use to clean floors? Like what's the best way? Because sometimes I'll be sitting there and scrub, 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 yeah. and nothing happens. Like, you know, the dog prints, you mentioned having a right. dog are still there. Right. Um, I have been using, uh, it's called a Tinko. It's like an electric have you heard like of the the Bissell cross wave? It's like basically like an electric mop. So it's got a okay. spinning. Is that the one that's like thing. a steam cleaner for hardwood floors? Not it's not okay. steam, but yeah, those I've seen those before. I I don't have one of those, but it, it's kind of like that. Yes, it's it's just more aggressive and oh. since it's electric. Yes, and they're, they're oh, a this is so heavy. great. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. I thought you were groaning at the price. <laughs> you're just gonna you've solved well, the problem. Well, no, I'm for just Andrew, thinking like meat freak. <laughs> I'm just right, yeah, because I'm yeah. sitting there like scrubbing the same spot for ten minutes, working up a sweat, like ready to pass out because I'm working so hard. Whereas this, why didn't I think of this sooner? Like get something yes. that does. A, so yeah. yeah, they do look a little pricier, but I mean, if if you're if you really want clean floors and you hate that all that manual scrubbing, this would be great. Yeah. What was the brand? Um, the one I use is a Tinco, T-I-N-E-C-O. T-I-N-C-O? Oh, I see. Right? No. T-I-N-E? Yes. Yep. I don't know if I spelled that oh, right. Oh, T-I-N. Sorry, my Siri went off I when I was C. asking you that question. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. I think I see. Yeah. Interesting. So I use that Thank and I, I've been enjoying that. I haven't tried um, any other ones really because that was the one I got um, like way at the beginning of the pandemic when I started actually caring about cleaning my floors. Yeah. But it works. Yeah, it works really well. Yeah. I'm so excited now. I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> uh, for anybody that is listening that might be starting, you know, after they listen to this episode on their cleaning, decluttering journey, what have you, um, what are some some tips that you might have for them in terms of like whether like if they're feeling overwhelmed or don't know where to start? Like, do you have any quick and dirty tips for them that they could follow? Yeah we've talked about earlier, um, starting small because, um, I definitely know what it feels like to try to embark on, you know, your literal entire apartment or your entire house. And that isn't a good feeling and it doesn't make you want to do it again. So definitely starting small and addressing areas that are really high need. So like I said, in, in the TikTok you mentioned, I talked about, you know, starting with your really busy bathroom drawer because I know for me just getting in there like I remember I threw out like half of my <laughs> like makeup because it was like this is expired I don't ever use this you know what what is this taking up all the space for so doing things like that uh, instead of trying to conquer it all at once really helps a lot and it's something that I still do you know when I find myself feeling overwhelmed with you know what feels like a really big undertaking starting small I've really found a lot of comfort in having a weekly routine where you address certain things on a given day instead of trying to do everything every day. Um, So right now that kind of looks like I focus on my living room on Mondays, you know, with my dusting and my vacuuming couch and cleaning the dog bed, whatever, things like that, that are in my living room. Um, I focus on that on Mondays and et cetera, you know, throughout the, the rest of the week. That has been game changing for me, really, is finding a routine that works and, and makes sense for me. I love that advice, too, because Andrew and I have talked before about how even 
just for work, having a to-do list that we can check off for the day or for certain days of the week is really helpful in terms of making us feel more organized and less stressed out. So um, I definitely think that that could help anybody that is Mm -hmm. looking to transfer those skills into, you know, like the the house at large. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I make um, my videos where I will check off my little checklist. I keep it in my uh, kitchen. And people are always like, Oh, what is what is that checklist you've got? Like, that that looks awesome. And it's like, yeah, people, I think, really (laughs) just like to have that, um, you know, guidance and and being like, oh, yeah, I I covered all of the bases that I needed to for today. I think that really resonates with people. And it feels good to like actually scratch something off a list or Mm -hmm. do that check mark because like the digital ones, it's just not the same. You click it, you you don't get the satisfaction. (laughs) I would agree. Yeah. Okay. well, thanks for sharing all this info, Lena. And before we wrap up, where can people find you? I am on obviously TikTok, Lena cleans up. That's my handle for pretty much every uh, social media site. So I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest a little bit, YouTube a little bit, but my main focuses are TikTok and Instagram. And yeah, and I try to reply to every comment on um, TikTok and Instagram. So definitely if people have questions or or that kind of thing, um, feel free to you know, leave me a comment. Awesome. I'll try to get to you. Yeah. Great. Well, Lena, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it and all these tips. Um, and congrats on all your success. It's really no, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me so much. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. So we got this email from a listener, right, Laura, concerning potentially starting her own OnlyFans. That's right. So we received a confessional from a listener um, seeking some advice on how to have an OnlyFans and potentially not risk her employment. We can go ahead and read it here. She says, I am considering starting an OnlyFans, and I'm wondering if you could talk about whether this is a fireable offense. To clarify, I am a children's librarian. I work with families and the general public. I currently have an Instagram where I have been dipping my toes into the water of sharing sexy photos publicly. I don't show my face, but I do have identifiable tattoos. I have had some inquiries requesting more photos and offers to pay me to video chat. I think OnlyFans is the safest way to navigate those things in a way that protects my privacy and keeps me safe, but I am concerned about repercussions in my professional life. Kind of ironic considering I started down this path to pay for the degree required to have this professional life in the first place. Millennial problems, am I right? (laughs) Do you have any advice or suggestions? This is a great question because I think there are a lot of people out there who consider it. And actually, we know one of our listeners, Tiara, who has had similar success to you on Instagram, and she has actually launched a couple of OnlyFans channels. And we do have some feedback from her. I I sent your email to her, confessional writer, and she very kindly sent us some thoughts back. We'll get to those in a moment, though. I think we can start with our own thoughts. So the first thing, I think the most important thing to point out um, is that all states in the United States, with the exception of Montana, um, are considered to be at-will employment states, which means that an employer can fire an employee for any reason, so long as it's not illegal, meaning they're not targeting you based on 
being a member of a protected class, right? Um, or there are other things that can fall into that category too, but you see where I'm going with that. So unfortunately, I think the simple answer to your question is yes. Um, having an OnlyFans, if it's discovered, could be a fireable offense. The other thing that I'm thinking is assuming that you're in the United States and assuming this is a public library, I'm guessing you are a government employee, which means they might even have stricter ethics rules in place for having that job, particularly given that you work, uh, it's a children's library and you work with families. So that's sort of the long and short of the can you get fired Unfortunately, I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Now, the question, should you be able to be fired for something like this? That's a whole other discussion, right? I personally tend to feel that what you're doing outside of work on your own time, so long as it's not illegal, is not your employer's business. Unfortunately, that is not the world we live in. Right. The other thing is, too, is like, obviously... She needs to make a living wage and yeah. she's trying to make some extra money because she needs it. And so I don't think anybody should be penalized for that. But like you said, unfortunately, stuff like this is still looked down upon. It's not like a traditional side hustle, even though it is becoming a little bit more normalized, at least on the Internet. Yeah, so. but not within library circles, probably. No, no. I, I, One thing I would keep in mind when trying to decide if you want to do this or not is remember that the internet and the world is a big, big place. And it sounds like you wouldn't be posting your face on OnlyFans. You're not currently doing it on Instagram, and I assume that would carry over to OnlyFans. Um, the chances of somebody you know finding your Instagram is are very, 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 very slim. And I can see why you would be concerned that somebody would find you. Because, of course, we all are like, oh, my God, you know, you're in your own bubble and, and you think the worst is going to happen. But, yes, you have the identifiable tattoos. Still, I don't think if you're if you're not putting your real name on there, if you're not putting your face, I think you have a very good chance of not being discovered. It's possible but extremely slim chances. I would say if if your tattoos are unique to you, like nobody else has those designs. I'm not talking about like, you know, a Deathly hollow symbol, but if it's <laughs> something that was like custom designed to be on your body and everybody knows that you have that tattoo. If you really wanted to play it safe and you decide to go for this, I would just invest in like, you know, some really good foundation, cover that up just for this and and cover all your bases because, I, you know, it sucks that you'd have to cover up a piece of art that you wanted to get on your body probably means something to you. But just just to be safe, you probably would sleep a little bit easier at night just knowing that there's nothing that can identify you. Yeah, yeah. So. you could also just Photoshop it out. If you have right, the, like but you I'm don't thinking need about like if she's video chatting on oh. OnlyFans or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great idea to minimize the anxiety because I know if I were in this person's shoes, and I was trying to do both, you know, have my career as a librarian and have my OnlyFans, I feel like I would constantly be on pins and needles, worried that somebody was going to discover me, and I think if you're 
going to the lengths to not show any identifiable features and to get like costume makeup to cover up those tattoos, that'll go a really long way. Um, But yeah, you also have to ask yourself too, I think, will you be comfortable doing both? Or will you constantly be afraid of repercussions? Yeah. And then it's your mental health. Yeah, your mental health is also a huge consideration here. Um, And I completely sympathize because it's kind of like being between a rock and a hard place because you spent all this money to get this professional degree. And like a lot of people in our age group, the paychecks are not what they need to be in order for you to pay off that debt um, for the field that you went into with the promise that you would get a good paying job on the other side. Um, So unfortunately, there's not like, in my mind, there's not a good answer here. The feminist in me is like, hell yeah, fuck yeah, (laughs) you go, you do what feels right for you. Um, And if this side hustle works out and maybe even eventually turns into a career, that's fucking awesome. But then there's the practical part of me that is also like, it would really suck if someone were to do this and then get found out, potentially lose their job, and then deal with all the repercussions that come with that, right? Um, We do have a couple of examples that we're going to share in the show notes just for you, confessional writer, if you want to click through. Um, We found a post on uh, the subreddit Legal Advice, um, where someone was asking the exact question that you have. And um, there are lawyers who frequent legal advice on Reddit, and they will answer some of these questions. Additionally, there was uh, recently a deputy in Colorado who uh, got fired for having an OnlyFans, but she uh, accepted a $30,000 settlement in exchange for walking away from the job. So she at least got some kind of compensation before walking away. Um, But I wanted to ask the panel, because I feel like it can be helpful to hear other people talk about similar experiences, even though it's not OnlyFans. Have we ever participated in something outside of work that we were nervous about our employer finding out about? This podcast. (laughs) I was going to say podcasting. (laughs) Yeah. I think this would be the only thing. I've been lucky I haven't had to work for somebody else in a number of years. But uh, again, there's a reason we put certain things behind the paywall. Maybe it's not an employer, but it's a family member. So we, we need to set boundaries because otherwise we can get in trouble for sharing a little too much honesty or, you know, we might hurt somebody. With with our honest opinion. But even this show aside, you know, like we've all been podcasting for 10 plus years together or separately, and I've never really wanted anybody I work with to sit down and listen to any of the shows. It's just no. weird. Yeah. One time when I was still working, I think I might have told you guys this story before. One time when I was still working at a coffee shop, there was a coffee lab in the back, and um, and I was walking back to the break room, and all of a sudden I heard... <laughs> heard you know very familiar voices and the uh the manager and the coffee trainer were streaming a podcast oh no <laughs> it was on yeah 
I was like, why are you guys listening to this? They were like, we just wanted to support you. It's like so good. I was like, I know, but this is really weird because now I can hear it and everybody in this warehouse can hear it. Yeah, too. yeah. yeah. Play it on mute. So you still get the download numbers, but Put Pam doesn't have to be on. embarrassed. That too. That <laughs> Pretty too. much. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely identify with that. I've mentioned on the show before that um, anytime I'm like interviewing for a job, I'm really open about the podcast because... I don't want it to become a problem. Like I would never want to go into a job, not tell them about the podcast and then have them find it and be like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So at least I know if I'm honest about it from the start, that if they're still cool with hiring me, then I assume it's okay. That said, I still don't particularly like the idea of people I work with listening to the show it's probably happened but you know either it's never happened or people have been like discreet enough just not to say anything about it but the idea is a little uncomfortable because we are pretty honest here and you know you like to keep your professional relationships and your personal ones separate when possible exactly sometimes you want worlds separated and then it can be weird when they merge. And also, just the way that you talk about things is different. Sure. Yeah. Your friends or yeah. even like it, like on this show, too, versus how you would proceed with conversations with a coworker or something. And you don't want that person to be like, well, they said this to me when I asked and now they're saying this thing on the show. But there's like such a difference in nuance and how you're able to yeah. proceed. There's a difference in how much skin you want to show to your friends or to your OnlyFans <laughs> subscribers. That's a good point as well. That is a great point. And I would not, to be clear, I would not recommend going to your employer or a potential employer and being like, hey, I have an OnlyFans. You cool with that? That's probably not the move. Yeah. I would I would just do everything I can to keep them as separate as possible. Hide yeah. your identity. D- obviously, this confessional writer should not go with her real name their real name get a background too if you don't have one already so that there's no identifiers behind you right like pam's only fans you don't see the background you currently see here on millennial right. she's got a different <laughs> no, it's a completely different yeah. one i change it out y'all will, n- will never find me right right <laughs> and my background it has a different band poster right you're a willie nelson fan on OnlyFans. <laughs> there's a twilight book instead there's a mm-hmm. different candle and funko's it's a whole different pat's funko is in the background <laughs> instead of yours <laughs> We and what the- is your screen name? Is it Schmandrew Ames? It's not I Andrew Sims. Sims. Yeah. 69. Well, <laughs> remember my my uh, PlayStation name was changed to Simming King 69 when That's I'm right. when I'm beating people up on Rocket League. But um we got this email from Tiara and like I said, she uses OnlyFans. Her OnlyFans accounts are she's got two. Pin up and fantasies free, F R E E. And then the other username is Pinup and Fantasies Paid. And we can include a link in the show notes to these. She's She asked us to uh, share them. Tiara said, I think if the confessional writer wants to start one, then she should. However, she needs to keep some things in mind. If she is uncomfortable with people she knows IRL potentially finding out, then it might not be the right path. 
The internet is forever and people will absolutely find it. There's just no way to stop others from stealing your content or leaking your content. She needs to understand the risk involved even if she doesn't show her face. I had someone message me for weeks requesting custom content, then track my husband down and email him our entire email thread. My husband and I had already discussed it before I even started making spicy content, so it didn't do much, but people can be ruthless. People can be ruthless and freaking psycho on the internet, especially when they're horny. Yeah, and that was a really good point a couple sentences ago about everything that you post on the internet is forever. You can delete it, you can delete the tweet, but somebody will have a screenshot. We can delete this episode, but there will be a copy out there, you know? Terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. And that's why I am no longer running for president. Tiara goes on, if she worried about it potentially being a fireable fireable offense, the answer is unfortunately yes. While it is great to say that what you do in your free time is your business and no one else's, it just isn't always the case, especially working with children. Making spicy content is sex work. Some people are uncomfortable with their children being around sex workers. It sucks, but it's true. I thought that was a really good point, too. Yeah. Um, she said, if this is the path she chooses, it can be very lucrative, but it could also not be. It takes a long time to build up a reliable clientele. It can be very discouraging if the money doesn't come in immediately. Treat it like a second job. Put out content consistently, but don't burn out. Also, keep your boundaries above all else. It is so easy to be influenced by money offers. They will tell you they will pay money for particular content that you might not be comfortable with. The money can be so addictive, but the more you push your boundaries for it, the worse you feel about yourself. I don't do any nudity or pornography and still make money. Just find your comfy place and don't budge. Great tips, Tiara. Thank you. Great advice. Yeah, thank you for that. But yeah, confessional writer, keep in touch. Let us know sort of how you decide to proceed. Let us know if you have any other questions or if you'd like to seek any other advice from our listener community as well. Um, I know Tiara is not the only one of our listeners who has an OnlyFans or has dabbled in that area. Um, So we'd be happy to try and source some more insights for you and, and share your updates on the show. Yeah. Thank you for writing in and thank you for your vulnerability on this. I hope this was helpful. Yeah. I think so. At least for TR from Tiara, the advice yeah, will be exactly, helpful right? since she has Somebody experience. Somebody with actual experience. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to uh, work her feedback in. We're just all a big group of friends here trying to help each other out here at Millennial. And actually, speaking of that, it's time for Millennials Make a Commitment. We asked our listeners to submit their 2022 resolutions or commitments to themselves, and we're reading them on air to help everybody uh, hold themselves accountable. Because remember what we said a few minutes ago, the internet is forever. We're reading these and they'll never be deleted (laughs) from the internet. So Allie said she wants to be more consistent about practicing Spanish on Duolingo. Love it. Jenna said, my partner and I must clean up after ourselves better, finish what we start. Well, actually, we hope our interview today helped you there. (laughs) Sophie said, tone my muscles and double my strength ability at the gym. Kavi said, go to a new place in Chicago at least once a week, no matter how busy I am. Also get better at Spanish by fa- by finding a Spanish speaker who wants to improve their English. Also, like, find a boyfriend, but that's more of a manifestation than goal. Poe said, learn to do that cat eyeliner technique. 
Do you two know what that is? Oh, I is? can help with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Actually, Pam was going to give me a tutorial because I, I suck was. at this too. Yeah, maybe I should do that for for Patreon. Oh, that would be great. Okay, I'll I'll put it on my calendar. Awesome. And finally, I've been debating whether to read this one or not. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. It's uh, uh, so. This is from Keegan. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm going to come while listening to every episode of Millennial that releases in 2022. Well, damn, maybe we should be on OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what are we doing here? (laughs) Thanks, Keegan, I guess. I I appreciate the, the... I have a lot of questions, but I'm also afraid to ask. Yeah, I'm like, are they serious? Are they kidding? So anyway, thank you to everybody who submitted those, even you, Keegan. And we have maybe two more installments of this uh, coming up. Speaking of what's coming up, we already shared what is coming up in After Dark today, so you can check that out over at patreon.com slash millennial. We really can't do this without you. We're actually advertising on the podcast app CastBox this week to reach new listeners. Between that and doing things like uh, spending more time booking guests, we're using your support to spend more time on this show and invest in the show so we can grow the show. So thanks to everybody who does support us at patreon.com slash millennial. Another great way to support us if you can't support us through Patreon is through using the links and promo codes that we offer in the ad reads. Thanks, everybody, no matter how you support us. Also, listening. That's really important, too. Anyway, time now for some recommendations. (sighs) I was hesitant about watching this show. Have you two heard of Yellowstone? I have no. and I haven't seen it, but everybody that I know who's watched it is obsessed. So yes. I'm very intrigued by the fact that this is your rec this week. I want to recommend Yellowstone, which initially airs on Paramount, but the early seasons are currently available on Peacock. I was initially hesitant about this show and the acting kind of sucks in the first season, but it gets better. And uh, we just finished season two and it had a really good ending. It is set in Yellowstone, Montana area, that area. And the main thrust is basically turf wars between a ranching family, a Native American tribe, and outsiders looking to capitalize on the area. It stars Kevin Costner. The show gets pretty violent, and it's actually pretty twisty-turny, so that was cool to me. The ratings are huge, and I've kind of described it as farm porn. And I think this is why it's so popular. People who grew up on farms or who currently live in those farm or ranch areas will really connect with the show. It just feels like it's made for them, which you don't see too often. But even for us city types or anyone else, uh, you can really enjoy the show. I'm just shocked that there are three seasons or something There's like, like five. that. Five. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. And I had never heard of this show until I know tail end of last year. Speaking of media Twitter, like nobody's writing recaps on Entertainment Weekly or anywhere else. So I think all the sites are rushing to start covering it because it does have a big audience. Time to uh, re restart up hypable so you can write your Yellowstone recap. Yeah, we found a lot of success (laughs) writing reviews for shows that other sites weren't covering. Mm -hmm. So my recommendation this week comes for all of our 
um, millennial make a commitment submitters who say that they want to work on Spanish or any other foreign language. Um, watching TV in those languages with English subtitles is a great place to start. Um, one sh- thing in particular I would recommend is watching Disney's Encanto in Spanish with the English subtitles learned on- or turned on. Um, the reason for this is because recently when we watched Encanto, Mark understands a lot of Spanish, and I think that's probably true for most people who are trying to pick up a language. Linguistically, that is the way that language learning works. Um, Understanding comes before actual production. So if you've ever had that feeling that like, I kind of understand a lot of Spanish, but I don't know what to say, that's totally normal and a great way to get used to it and sort of like hone your skills of understanding is to watch something like this. So we watched Encanto in Spanish. We turned on the English subtitles and it was super helpful to him. He picked up a ton of new vocabulary and he even had a couple of realizations about the way grammar works. So this would be my recommendation for anyone trying to learn a language. And um, I recommend subscribing to your favorite print publications, which is something that I do every now and then on the show. But I think it's really important in light of, you know, us talking about a few magazines going away. Doesn't necessarily have to be a magazine, but if you like physical copies of the newspaper, you just want to support, you know, good journalism and make sure that these crazy layoffs don't happen as a result of print dying, then you really need to uh, drop some spare cash if you have it and subscribe to your favorite local paper, your favorite national publication, anything like that. And then if they do go under, you can say, well, I tried. Where were y'all? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. A couple reminders before we wrap up the show. If you have any feedback about today's episode, you can write directly to millennialshow at gmail.com or you can use the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. Also, follow us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are Millennial Show. And on our new TikTok, we are Millennial Pod. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everyone. Bye.